Hi, this is Steve Sleeper, producer of the North Omaha History Podcast. It's a volunteer effort, but you can help us meet expenses by becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Go to patreon.com slash Omaha. The list of patrons and the link to Patreon is in the show notes. You can also help by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Thanks. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. After more than 150 years of history, surely a place loses some of the details in its past. Today, after researching details for more than 15 years, Adam shares some of the people, places, events, and stories from North Omaha's history that have been lost in our community. Adam, what are we missing today? Steve, let's think about five fast facts to kick this off. North Omaha, you know, which I define as everything north of Dodd Street all the way up to the Washington County line, east of 72nd all the way over to the Missouri River. North Omaha's history does not go back to the founding of Omaha in 1854. It doesn't even start in 1846 when the Mormons came through. Steve, it doesn't even start in 1804 when Meriwether Lewis and his friend Mr. Clark and their slave named York and their crew of 50 men came up the Missouri River and stopped in North Omaha at least once, maybe twice. The history of North Omaha goes back thousands of years to the Plains culture of Native Americans who lived all throughout the area. And it's so much, man. There's so much history. So for these 15 years that I've been researching it, I have found so many examples of what I call lost history. Things that aren't just not told or not talked about, but they're not taught. And they were never written about until I picked up a pen, jammed on the computer, and shared it with the world. Bizarre stories, far-out stories, plain stories, simple stories, so many things have been lost. So five fast facts. One, North Omaha's history goes back thousands of years. We'll put a pin on that and start it in 1804 when York and Meriwether Lewis and Clark came through on their expedition. Two, some things in North Omaha's history have been lost by accident. But some things in North Omaha's history have been lost on purpose. Three, losing this history can be permanent. Steve, there are things gone now that we'll never know. There's no evidence of them. Whether those are people, places, events, or stories. They're just gone. Four, we're losing historic sources, the primary sources. They're hard to find. Even now in modern times, it's hard to get a hold of the records. It's hard to get a hold of the photos. It's hard to get a hold of the people. So many people around North Omaha who know so much more than I do about the community's history, and we're not asking them. We're not getting that history from them. Instead, it's getting lost. And five, there is hope. There are organizations out there right now that are working to change all of this. We're going to talk about them. 
So let's jump into this losing North Omaha's history. There are four parts to this conversation today, Steve. The first part is losing people. These are the human beings who've made up the community's past. I'm going to feature the stories of five or six people. Number two, we're going to talk about losing places. These are the locations. These are the buildings. These are the physical properties that have been lost in North Omaha since 1804. Number three, we're going to talk about losing events, grand events, little events, big events, everything in between events. And part four, we're going to wrap up by talking about lost stories. But first, let's start talk about losing people. We're going to mention York. We're going to mention James Monroe Parker. We're going to talk about Granny Weatherford, Edwin Overall, Comfort Baker, Aaron McMillan, and I might even talk about Fritz. Fritz Prees, heck of a guy. But first, let's get into York. We've lost the story of York. You know, he was enslaved by William Clark of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. Clark forced him to come along on that trip up the river. You know, you got to bring your property the way that they did. An enslaved man, he became the first black man in the Omaha area. York did. He was born around 1870. He died around 1815. But this was in 1804, 1805, 1806. When he was on the Lewis and Clark expedition from St. Louis to the Pacific Ocean near Astoria, Oregon. York traveled that whole way with Lewis and Clark. First black man in the Omaha area. His name's never mentioned in the city's histories. When he returned to St. Louis, some stories say that he went to live with the Crow people afterwards. Becoming a renowned member of the tribe. His story... Gone. James Monroe Parker. You know, when we talk about the history of Florence, we'll oftentimes talk about James Comey Mitchell. We'll mention his adopted daughter, Florence Kilborn. But we don't mention James Monroe Parker very often. And the irony being is that the oldest evidence, one of the oldest evidences we have of the city of Florence, Nebraska, is the Bank of Florence that was built by James Monroe Parker. Parker was a partner in Cook, Sergeant, and Parker a company that built wildcat banks across the middle of America. They built one in the town called Saratoga down at 24th and Ames. They built one down in Omaha. They built one up in Florence called the Bank of Florence. 1856. Of course, that bank failed, caused a run on the bank. They had a ceremonial burning of all the script after it was bought back by the government. But Parker stayed in town. He bought, he built a cabin on Vane Street. He invested his money back into the community. He took a stake in the Florence Land Company owned by James Coney Mitchell. He bought $20,000 in stock for the Florence Bridge Company in 1857. When the Florence Land Company closed out in 1860, James Monroe Parker bought, it all up, bought up all the remaining land. He started his farm that extended from Weber Street to Kansas Avenue from about North 33rd over to the cliffs behind Florence Boulevard. James Monroe Parker owned all that land. The Parker farm was covered in corn. You'll hear stories about how when the Minnelusa development was established in 1916, it was covered in corn. Yeah, that was the corn that James Monroe Parker had planted and was nurturing, and his son, 
his son, Fred Parker, who rebuilt the cabin into a farmhouse and then rebuilt the farmhouse into a mansion after his father had died in 1902. James Monroe Parker moved back to Iowa. He moved away from Nebraska. But his son, Fred, stayed on, on Vane Street, built up this Moorish-style mansion, flat walls, flat roof, turned it into an art gallery, Omaha's first legitimate art gallery, or one of them. Eventually, the place became like an opium den. But regardless, Parker's stamp on North Omaha was made. And after he died, the community forgot about him. There's no Parker 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 School, and lots of people just don't talk about him. We also don't talk about a woman named Cornelia Weatherford. Check this out, Steve. When she died, she was 109 years old. Now, there's probably a reason why we don't talk about Granny Weatherford too much. That's because for the entire time that the city of Omaha noticed her, they noticed her as being this kind of kooky old lady with a cigar in her mouth. There were headlines in the newspaper. Old lady smokes cigars. Aged woman enjoys a stogie. Smokes since age six. Drank since I could reach the table. Granny Weatherford was the patron saint of Squatters Row. Squatters Row was down at North 11th from Nicholas Street North up to Locust. It included places like Vinegar Flats and Blind Pig Alley. And it was all shanties and shacks that went along the railroad. Imagine them in your mind's eye, shacks just spreading across the North Omaha bottoms. Granny Weatherford was the patron saint of Squatters Row. They revered her. They respected her. She insisted on her squatters' rights which she had originally claimed in the 1880s, never got kicked off by the railroad for more than a decade. When the railroad bulls came in the 1920s and 1930s, she asserted her squatter's rights over and over, and the courts stood with her. She lived in Squatter's Row until 1938, when she was 107 years old, Steve. She died a few years later. She's buried at Forest Lawn. We've forgotten about her. We've also forgotten about Edwin Overall. Edwin Overall was born enslaved in Missouri. Before he came to Omaha, he was an Underground Railroad conductor, and he recruited for the U.S. Army in Chicago for the Civil War. In 1869, Edwin Overall moved to Omaha. He was the first black mail carrier in Omaha, and because of that, he was the first black federal employee in Omaha, and that held a lot of authority when he got there. 1870. In 1872... He had been campaigning Omaha to stop segregating its schools for two years, and he won the campaign. You see, Omaha public schools were segregated. They had a colored school downtown away from the regular Omaha school. The regular Omaha school that was in Jefferson Square Park didn't allow black students. Edwin Overall, as a proud African-American man, insisted that stop. And it won. He won after bringing black voters to the school board meetings and consistently rallying for change. In 1876, he co-led the Nebraska Convention of Colored Men, the first of its kind in the state. His daughter became the first black woman to graduate from Omaha High School in 1879. And in 1890, Edwin Overall himself became the first African-American candidate for the Nebraska State Legislature. He lost, but that didn't stop him from trying for political office. He tried again for the Omaha City Commission that became the Omaha City Council in 1893. He was the first black man to run for that position. He lost, but he kept going. 1898, he was the facilitator of the Congress of White and Colored Americans at the Trans-Mississippian International Exposition in North Omaha. Hundreds of people came just to attend that specific event. 
1901, he died, and he's buried at Prospect Hill Cemetery. And today, there's nothing in Omaha named for Edwin Overall. Nothing remembers him. Of course, nobody remembers Comfort Baker either, who was one of the first black graduates from Omaha High School. But more important than when she was in Omaha is what she did afterwards. In 1918, she became the first African-American teacher in the Phoenix Union High School District. And in 1918, that same year, she founded the only school for black students in Phoenix. She became the principal of that school in 1925 and then retired in 1940. And her legacy is almost entirely forgotten. There's so many other lost people in the city's history. We've also lost places, Steve. We've lost towns. We've lost cemeteries. There are hidden developments all over North Omaha, forgotten schemes, demolished buildings. You and I have talked about the lost towns before. We've talked about places like Saratoga and the town of East Omaha. We've never really gone into DeBolt too much, but it's missing. Believe it or not, though, the city of Benson's missing. The city of Benson, that is. Different from that old neighborhood that we love. The Briggs town, mostly a whistle stop on a railroad, completely gone and forgotten. The Florence town, clearly absorbed into Omaha. But Steve, did you know that there are lost cemeteries in North Omaha? Probably literally, but also figuratively speaking. Most people can name two or three cemeteries in North Omaha. You know, the big ones. Forest Lawn, of course. Prospect Hill. Maybe they'll mention Temple Israel. But Steve... I have found 12 different cemeteries north of Dodge and east of 72nd. And how many people know about all of those? There are hidden developments all across North Omaha. In East Omaha, down by Carter Lake, there was a development in the 1910s that was called Edgewood Park. Check this out, Steve. This area was big enough for hundreds of homes. And it became, in 1915... The first subdevelopment in Omaha sold exclusively by black real estate agents who were encouraging black people to move down there. There are other hidden developments all across North Omaha. A lot of them have been absorbed into neighborhoods. Needless to say, Edgewood Park didn't succeed. It failed after a few years. There are other developments that worked, though, and they've been hidden. Lost, forgotten. We can zoom all the way into the 1960s when the High Point Pool was built in the Florence neighborhood near 40th and Forest Lawn Avenue. The High Point neighborhood evolved around it with suburban track-style homes, split-entry, two-level, one-car garages. There were actually black residents in the neighborhood almost from its inception who were not allowed to go into the high point pool. There were actually students from the neighborhood that moved away and never came back and still won't go to North Omaha anymore. But this is one of these hidden developments. Wyman Park, the Central Park neighborhood, Kuntz Place, so many hidden developments in North Omaha. Forgotten Schemes, are among these lost places, and so are demolished buildings, of course. We just lost the caretaker's residence at Forest Lawn after strong campaigning by Restoration Exchange Omaha and their partners. Forest Lawn Funeral Home and Cemetery decided to demolish the 
1904 caretaker's home that was near the original gates at 40th and Forest Lawn Avenue. But before that, there was a greenhouse that was built there in 1904, just across the road, that was demolished in the 1950s. Before that, there was a bridge that was built there in the 1910s that was demolished in the 1960s. And that's just at Forest Lawn. We could talk about the whole city of Omaha and its treatment towards North Omaha. We could talk about the hundreds of buildings cleared out in the name of slum clearance, urban restoration. Those buildings with historic backgrounds with important purposes that are gone now and will never be recovered. We could talk about structures like schools, the old Monmouth Park School that sat at 33rd and Ames for almost 60 years. Beautiful two-story building that was purposed and then repurposed after it was a school. It was turned into apartments. The roof was ripped off of it during a tornado, and they didn't rebuild it. They tore it all down instead. We could talk about what was lost by other weather events, like the 1913 Easter Sunday tornado and the hundreds of buildings that were torn down from that. But these are some of the places that have been lost across North Omaha. We could talk about the lost events in North Omaha. You know, everybody loves to talk about the Trans-Mississippi Expo. Some people fixate on the 1960s riots. Events. But we forget North Omaha's first industry, which was, of course, the fur trading industry at Fort Lisa in 1812, all the way until 1820. Steve, our first ever podcast episode was on that industry. We also talked about Cabernet's trading post then, established in 1820. Who knew that North Omaha had such a strong fur trading history? Except for our listeners, of course, from more than four years ago. Who knew that North Omaha had not one exposition of a grand scale, but two? Because right after the Trans-Mississippi Expo, the next year in 1899, was the Greater America Expo. Ed Rosewater led a whole committee to buy up the old Trans-Mississippi Expo grounds, including 50 out of the 100 remaining buildings. They announced the expo, and it opened on July 1st of 1899. The whole theme of the Greater America Expo was to promote American colonialism. They called it the white man's burden for Americans to take over the globe and take care of all these brown and black people. They were pointing the fingers specifically at Cuba and the Philippines. But they were insinuating that slavery had a role. Well, instead of the 2.3 million people that came for the Trans-Mississippi, there were only 845,000 attendees for the Greater American Expo, and half of them were there on free passes. So good riddance to that event. You know, when we talk about last events, we talk about framing Larkin McLeod. We just did a podcast episode on him the other month. Larkin McLeod came to North Omaha on a train in 1917. He left the Yankee Robinson Circus in Omaha, and he was arrested in Blair by a mob that wanted to lynch him. He was brought to the same courthouse, Douglas County Courthouse, where Will Brown was taken from just two years later. And in 1918, Larkin McLeod was convicted of murdering Nellie Nethaway. He died in the state pen at 41 years old. And he's buried at the state penitentiary today. And his name's almost been entirely forgotten. The event surrounding his life, gone. Another event that's been lost from North Omaha's history is the end of East Omaha. 
East Omaha, its own independent town that at its peak had more than 2,500 residences. The town of East Omaha, where the school district was absorbed and absorbed again by Omaha Public Schools. A huge flood came in 1952. 16-mile-wide waters swept Omaha, East Omaha, and Iowa. President Harry Truman visited the area, and within a decade, the town of East Omaha was entirely gone. In 1960, the Omaha Municipal Airport was renamed for Eugene Epley, who donated a million bucks. And guess what they did with their money? They bought up a lot of these houses in East Omaha, and they tore them down, and they expanded the runways, and they built out the airport land. In 1967, another major flood hit East Omaha. Then in 1975, the church closed from the neighborhood. In 1976, the Pershing School closed in the neighborhood. In 1980, the Illinois Railroad East Omaha Bridge closed to traffic. Major flooding has continued to hit East Omaha again and again in 84 and 90 and 93. And even in 2020, Steve, we remember those interstates getting torn up by that flood. That wailed on the former town of East Omaha. Today, out of the 25 houses, 2,500 houses that were once there, there's one left in all of that section of East Omaha. And this is the lost events. Another lost event came from 1972 when the town of Florence and important history leaders in that neighborhood, our beloved Florence, they thought of an idea called the Florence Historical Village. They wanted to connect the Florence Mill, the Florence Depot, the Florence Waterworks, the Florence Waterworks Superintendent's Mansion, the old Florence Town Square, the Mormon Cemetery, the Florence Building, the Masonic Temple, the Cash Store, the Price Building. They wanted to connect them all into a historical village. Make it like Colonial Williamsburg, a historic reenactment. They needed a million bucks. It didn't work. People forgot those efforts. Now, in 2022, the Florence Commercial Historic District was added to the National Register of Historic Places. That's a celebration. There's an effort out there. But this event of starting the Florence Historical Village is gone from our memory today. And then the fourth part of this podcast today, Steve, is losing your stories. Our listeners right now, you... You have a pioneer story in your family related to North Omaha. You have an institutional history related to North Omaha. Maybe your family or your neighbors were part of a forced assimilation. You know, to make America more American, we took away the Italian identities, the Irish identities, the Scandinavian identities, the other identities of North Omahans repeatedly for more than a century, and this hidden past. Steve, I contend that there's a missing cemetery from North Omaha's history. Nobody talks about it. Nobody knows where it is, and it's gone. I know of more than 20 creeks in North Omaha that are completely vanished. Nobody talks about them, and they're gone. I know of so many other elements, things, pieces, items that are hidden, and those are just the ones that I know about. I know that our listeners know even more. So we have to reclaim our history. And that's really what today's podcast is about. If anybody's interested in learning more about this losing the history of North Omaha, check out NorthOmahaHistory.com. 
you know, we've got a Facebook group, a Facebook page where people talk about North Omaha's history all the time under North Omaha History. Instagram, North Omaha History. I've got four books out there on Amazon.com that are all about this lost history. They're all called North Omaha History, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. And then there's also Omaha Black History. And then, Steve, I also offer four books free online. A Picture History of Omaha's Saratoga Neighborhood, The North Omaha History Timeline, The Guide to Fort Omaha, and uh, History of Omaha's Tech High School. All of this lost history. It's all waiting for us to discover, but also to help us recover even more. If you know more that I need to know about, send an email to info at North Omaha History. My name is Adam Fletcher Sassy, and this is a little bit about losing North Omaha's history. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past.